Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, you know what? This show right here helps me to um, enjoy Mondays. Something to look forward to. I, I mean, a lot of people, they don't like a Monday. You know no. what I mean? That's like the classic thing. Like TGI, TGIF? Yeah, like everybody, you know, end of the week, whatever. But like, I don't mind a Monday. I don't mind it. It's like so much. I guess it depends on what your work looks like. Sure. You know, guy like you enjoying yourself, right, Will? It's good to be productive. Yeah. Monday morning. Hmm. Yeah, you just um, get back in the groove, and certainly for this show, you feel like you got some words, man. Stuff happened. It might have happened over the weekend. It obviously happened today, this morning, and. It's just nice to catch up, you know, after a few days off. I feel rejuvenated. Yeah, it kind of paves the way for the whole week, actually. That's Mondays. right, Well, Yeah, you know what? Yeah. That's right, Well. Okay. So happy Monday to everyone. I think we need to start hate we need to stop hating on Mondays. And I even had a tough, tough weekend in terms of how I treated myself because I was in a hockey tournament and tell you what, I beat I, what? I I was beat up. I got beat up. Okay. I mean not like punch in the face but like just sort of in the treatment of myself mm -hmm. uh lack of sleep and and all that but did you have a good time though? you know it's a weird one though you know because what? it's like you go hard and you're you're drinking beer and whatnot but then you got to get back on the ice and sort of sweat it out mm. and i after like a long night of partying and i'm playing the next day i'm like I decided I'm not gonna continue drinking the following day. Like I switched over to, I was drinking some Powerade or something and it felt like, okay, I can keep going. But Cause your body needs uh I don't know, hydration, hydration. something. Yeah. But other guys, they go right back to the beer because it's tourney weekend, you know, it's a okay, tournament yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, it's rough. You're asking the body for a lot. Mm. <laughs> the body's just like, what is going on? You're, right you're now? asking a body for a lot. They're like, what are we doing? We're exercising. What? Yeah. What are we partying? What are we? They can uh, choose, bud. Stop sending me all these mixed signals. Mm -hmm. But anyway, uh, we didn't win the tournament. Okay. And I think we can safely blame some of the beer consumption. We'll be back, Will. We'll be yeah. back. You'll always be back. All right. Top story of the day. Thanks to everybody who's joining. By the way, um, Shenzhen uh, having a bit of a covid a bit of a, a an omicron omicron i don't know how you want to say it it's coming back well you know what they were delayed on this latest uh strain what what do we what do we uh, variant variant the name of every science fiction film in the future variant yeah it's like oh my god here comes the variant variant can be terrifying in so many ways it can be terrifying in like a virus uh, infection sort sure. of way. It can be terrifying in like an AI sort of way, uh -huh. a robotics kind of way, uh, a computer virus sort of way. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants the variant. The, no. the variant and it's always is, new. Yes. That's right. We've discovered a novel. Variant. We've discovered a variant. Yeah. A novel variant. Very scary. Uh, I can tell uh, from the barking in the background there that Cove was a big fan of the variant himself. He is uh, considers himself a variant. He's very dangerous. Yeah. 
and he's threatening whatever uh, intruders mm-hmm. might be at he's the door. He's trying to fend off the variant. It might be, might be the case. Uh, anyway, listen. In China, they were having a very kind of strict approach to the Omicron. Tons of testing. And, but what do we know about the Omicron? Well, uh, they, had, they, had a zero, they had a zero policy. Zero COVID policy. Mm. Um, well, how are you going to have a zero COVID policy with this late with the Omicron? Did you look around over here? Everybody got it. Everybody. That's it. Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, you got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. See you later. Mm-hmm. Vaccinated, not vaccinated, booster, no booster. Yeah. It was. Uh, you think about uh, it, you get it. Prevalent. It was, I don't know. Yeah. I've been in this room for the last 20 days by myself. You got it. Mm-hmm. You got it. Mm-hmm. Got 14 vaccines. You got it. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously I'm exaggerating. Full disclaimer, full disclaimer, all disclaimers. Not a health professional. Listen, they uh, they had a really strict thing and they were able to keep it at bay. And then it appears that the, the policy is, is sort of maintaining this zero tolerance thing, this strategy going forward. So any cases are resulting in shutdowns. Mm-hmm. A spike in infections in Hong Kong has prompted the Chinese government to place Shenzhen into lockdown, if, if people don't know geography and proximity, when you're a guy like Will and you travel over there and you're, you go, you're on your way to Shenzhen, you might fly into Hong Kong because of proximity. They're so close together. Mm. Uh, you're going over a bridge and next thing you know, you're in Shenzhen. Yeah, it's I don't, you, I don't know if you, re- you remember that trip, you and I. Uh, we, we took a van, like across the border. Hell yeah, we took a van. <laughs> okay. They investigated us. They looked us up and down. Yeah. I said, all right, fine. We'll let you in. Or they're like, we don't like it, but we'll let you in. You can <laughs> they have, said that to you? Yeah, they're like, you can have five minutes. We're like, really? We got a whole trip planned. They're like, okay, fine, a week. Yeah, that's better. Um, so we landed in Hong Kong. We were on the, what do we do, Cathay Pacific? We did, yes. We did a Cathay Pacific. It's a decent meal. You're up there in the air. You got a direct flight, Toronto, Hong Kong. It's no problemo. Next thing you know, you're on a bridge and you're heading into Shenzhen. Um, so this proximity has played a role. You have an outbreak in Hong Kong. Guess what you got in Shenzhen? Mm. Mm. They're so close. You got an opportunity. Now, Shenzhen as well uh, happens to be the hub for the electronics and um, computer slash mobile tech industry. It's uh, lots of manufacturing, tons of plants. What was it? Kwachong Bay? Well, that's the marketplace. Yes, very cool. That's the marketplace, but even like on the outskirts, you know, we were going to those factories. Weren't you there for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just on the outskirts. Yep. It's uh, all types of smartphone assembly and, uh, and Apple. Apple's involved to one extent or another. And so now this is going to start to affect the supply chain in a very serious way, almost like it was doing a while back. Mm. Um, with the exception of companies supplying food, fuel, and essential goods or services, all businesses ordered to close or implement work-from-home policies It expected that the lockdown will persist until March 20th at the earliest decision made after Hong Kong reported more than 32,000 new infections on Sunday. 32,000. 32,000. Oh, my goodness. That's a... That's uh, officially reported cases. Mm-hmm. The measure is a problem for the global supply chain as Shenzhen is a business and technology center that plays host to manufacturers, 
working for major companies. So like, let's just step, let's zoom out even a little further and realize that it's not, and this is an Apple website, Apple Insider. It's not just Apple where your goods are going to probably be delayed here. Uh, man, the story of the last couple of years is your thing is delayed. Mm. Your thing is delayed. Anything. And, and it's all delayed. Life is delayed. Everything's on pause. Your goods are on pause. Your businesses are on pause. Your energy is on pause. Your chips are on pause. Your Bronco is on pause. Uh, your vacation is on pause. Your work is on pause. Essentially, yeah. Your um, extracurricular activities are on pause. You, you, you were doing the climbing. Yeah. Still on up pause. Up and down. You go up, you go down. <laughs> That's what I do, yeah. You go up, you go down. Uh, hopefully more up than down. Uh, you only go down, you go down all at once. You go up, you're grabbing. Uh -huh. You take the right, what do they call it? What do they call the path you take when you're climbing? It's a route. Oh, you're taking a route, aren't you? Yeah. Damn. You got a whole, oh, shout out for the uh, super chat there, Hugo. Really appreciate it. Uh, he actually says he can see your Bronco over there in Michigan. Yeah, I bet he could. He just looked like this. It says Will right on it. The one yeah. that you ordered. It says Will and it says 2024 on it. Oh. Yeah, they just put another year on it. Come on now. No, hey, it's not. Nothing to do with me. Um, so you're climbing. And what do you have? You have a group of people you do this with? Sometimes, yeah. You just call them up. You go, listen, it's time to climb. Well, I wouldn't say that. What would you say? You should say that. That's pretty cool. It's very direct. I'm usually more chill about it. What's the world? Like, Why is that not chill? Go, let's go climb. Why is that not chill? It's time to climb. That's pretty chill. Uh, it's very assertive. That's not. Oh me. yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, it's implying that they, that the time is now uh -huh. and the time is right. So you call these people up and uh, you get out. You get over there, and somebody's got a. So does somebody have the rope at the bottom? Yeah, they're called the belay. Yeah, the belay. That's what I thought. Yeah, I used to do it when I was a kid. Uh, so who gets to climb first? You? Uh, it doesn't matter. Paper, rock, scissors? Yeah. Mm. Whoever warmed up first. Anyway, COVID shut you guys down because you're, you're putting your hands all over <laughs> yeah, the grips. We're, we were dead. You guys are disgusting. At, uh, at some point, we were using alcoholic chalk. <laughs> yeah. Seems slippery. It's some crazy. Seems slippery, though. Alcohol and chalk together? No. The alcohol is supposed to just evaporate and the chalk stays. Really crazy. Holy cow, man. Pretty cool. I can't even imagine trying to clean that place so you can come and climb. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, anyway, so that was delayed for you. Everything's been delayed, and uh, and it's not over yet because the world has just been moving through this thing in stages. It's going to be here in one way or another, but as far as it is here in North America, as I'm sure plenty of people watching this from North America are aware— uh, is pretty much a wrap. Like restrictions are getting lifted or have mm. been lifted. Uh, even the masks are coming up. So, mm -hmm. and in a lot of places, the mask's been gone for a while. So, mm -hmm. uh, China's going in one spot at the moment, and over here's another spot at the moment. I want to talk a little bit about this iPhone SE as well because a lot of people's uh, reviews and things came out. Talking about this uh, 2022 iPhone SE. You got to put the 2022 in there because otherwise you wouldn't know what the hell you're looking at. You might think you're looking yeah, at an iPhone, iPhone 8. iPhone 8. Yeah, exactly. You're not really sure. Uh, 
so the SE didn't change one bit as far as physically looking at it. It changed on the inside. It got a lot faster. And I ordered a couple of these. I plan on uh, investigating. Okay. I plan on uh, sniffing them out, you know, seeing what they smell like. Um, but in, 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 in all seriousness, I find it to be a very interesting device. And I said from when the event took place that only Apple can do it. Only Apple can release that phone in 2022. And I mean it in a positive way and I mean it in a negative way. Both. From a positive perspective, it's like Apple customers know what they want and they have an appreciation for a tried and true form factor. And they have a variety of customers with that uh, maybe have a different set of needs than the typical uh, customer. And they have, a, they have a variety of products aiming to satisfy those needs at different price points. And then on the negative front, you can say this is like the laziest thing ever because you're a technology company and you are so dedicated and committed to this particular old-fashioned form factor. Now, I know uh, uh, there's been some talk of the SE in the name. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, you know, special edition. And then in Marquez's video, he's like, whoa, it's not really a special edition. I don't even remember what he called it, a standard. No, simple. He called it simple. simple. You could change that S to a lot of things. And this is absolutely no judgment, but you could also change it to seniors edition. Mm. That's no judgment. I'm not suggesting that only a senior could like a thing, but I'm just, I tend to notice in my life, you get people of a certain generation, they find a thing they like, they don't want to change that much. Mm. Particularly yeah. technology products. That's a good point. It's not, a, it's not a judgment on anybody. A young person can have this and be like, that's all I want. I want, you could use the word simple if you want. Change the S to whatever you like. But I think often when we look at these things, we it's just through the lens of ourselves. I would hate to use that or... Apple sucks or whatever. But I'm telling you, Apple ain't going to make something that nobody wants. They mm -hmm. got the market research, Will. They got the data collection, Will. They know what's going on. And if you look at this particular device, it's going to be incredibly familiar for people who just need uh, modern software and a faster operation. Now, one area where I can say that I think that same group of, of uh, reliable users reliable customers where that same group could really benefit and isn't getting helped out here is battery life. That's my one worry with the thing. You slam the latest chip in there. You look at the way that people are increasingly using their devices to play games and watch videos, which is a thing you would do with the latest chip. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden this thing's not lasting a day. And that's going to be annoying for those customers. So my thing is, okay, do the old reliable but when you go in there and upgrade the horsepower, you know what else you got to do, Will? Battery. Upgrade the gas tank. Hmm. Just I'm going with the same metaphor. But it's such a slim profile. How do you change one? I, 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 think, I think you make it a little bit fatter. And you call it, and maybe you get rid of the SE origin. I know they don't want to change the body at all because they're trying to keep costs down. Keep costs down? You're talking about profit margins beyond anybody else in the game. I didn't think I was going to okay. stay up there at that pitch for that long. It's actually tough on the vocals. Yeah. but Don't uh, stay up there. But that's somebody in the comments section is saying that. They're saying, wait, didn't I just see your profit margins? Didn't I just see Tim Cook's bonuses? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like Apple's seems to be just fine. So can't we redo the chassis a little bit? Like you can imagine this phone. You can imagine this phone, Will, with a bigger iPhone mini-like display profile, uh, maybe with Face ID. Right? They have these technologies. They got, you know, buckets full of these technologies from their other devices and a slightly bigger battery in there. What you got now? Well, now you got a heavy hitter. Now you got a real seller. Mm-hmm. But that right there introduces your problem. How are you going to get people up to those other devices? This is what I said previously about, and I didn't see this in the reviews that I watched, but about business, zooming out the business model. If you give people too much at $400. They're going to stick with the 400 Everyone's going to get it. Yeah. Everyone's going to, no one's going to step up to the other things. They're going to be like, oh, what? It's a little shiny. Okay, no, this is fine. I'll go get this one mm-hmm. for half the price. And now you have to then you get this weird conversation about people talking about uh, getting, just getting older flagship iPhones. And it's like, it's, it's all very uh, frustrating. Uh, I'm, I like the fact that Apple makes an, a new device in 2022 that's actually somewhat budget friendly. But you got to understand your compromises here. And you got to understand what you're buying. And you have to know going into it if it's the right one for you. It's going to operate quickly. It's going to get updates forever. It's got, uh, you'll never wish you had something faster, but you will wish that you had something with better battery. Unless you just don't use it that much. In which case, no problemo. Live your life. But I think that's going to be the number one complaint with this if you're considering it. You know, if you're away from the wall, it also doesn't have like crazy fast charging. Once you do have to recharge it, it's like, you know, 20 watt or whatever. I'm really curious about who's buying this because you talked about um, potentially the old people that's purchasing this. Mm. I thought it would be the opposite. I thought it would be young people. It's mainly because it's affordable. It's a good entry point. Or the app, uh, the Apple reason, the only, re- the only reason I was implying older people is because of the strong nostalgia factor with this design, mm-hmm. right? You're you're dating back. Never mind the iPhone eight. It's basically the same as the iPhone seven, seven. as well. Yeah. So now you're covering ground, which is almost almost a decade at that point. Mm-hmm. So I think the iPhone six looked like this too. The iPhone six didn't look all that different, and you have a button on it and Touch ID, and for people who don't want to learn gestures or, you know, some kind of people who are apprehensive about face ID, let's say. Sure. Who are these people that you would bump into in life? It will be, in some cases, older generations. Mm -hmm. And listen, man, it's not, I'm not saying that these are rules. I'm not suggesting that, but, but when you said younger, cheaper price, you just brought up a whole new thing. What about people's first phone? Mm-hmm. The iPhone and Apple offering an entry point, and then yes. and then kids almost like whatever kids' first phone is. It's like whatever works. It, have, it has a camera. It has Apple iOS. Like fine, get it for them. It's like you can you can kind of spend four hundred here in North America. You can kind of spend four hundred as a gift. Yeah, a thousand as a gift is a whole different ball game. Mm. So it's all types of factors in there. But where Apple is genius is in the balancing of their product line and the progression of the customer, that a customer can enter 
into the Apple realm, but still be wanting something more within that uh, ecosystem of hardware products that mm -hmm. they can get in, get all the services going, and then say, oh, next time I'm going to get that. I'm going to get that other one. Yeah, it's um, aspiring. Yes. It's uh, like... A, There's a need for upgrade. Like Porsche sells more of the Cayenne than the actual 911. Yeah. And and it's that it's that it's a more approachable entry point. And, yeah. And then, Same with car, yeah, like and the then, Bronco. And he, you know? There's aspir exactly. There's aspiration yeah. baked in. So for Apple, it's a business move. They absolutely could give you more, but why would they? Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Why would they go buy the mini? It works for them. If you want more, you you spend. You want more, you spend more. Uh, they figure it out at every price point, and businesses do this. It's not just that. Businesses do this. The car companies, you know who does this? The restaurant does this. The steak is $52. The chicken is 38 That's an expensive chicken. I don't know. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. Like, I, mean, I don't know where you are. I don't I know. A you. guy like you, Will, you know. Well, I, yeah. I understand. A guy like you, you're... You go to these fancy places. I just try to predict. <laughs> I don't know about these places. You well, yeah, you're I, not wrong. I just, uh, you know, I try to imagine. <laughs> I try to imagine these things. Apple makes an extra... F oh, here. Speaking of exactly, yeah. money that Apple has. Here we go. This is your This is your uh, segue, your transition, your... You had this planned all along, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I try. We talk about Apple's money and how successful they are. How about an extra $5 billion on the bottom line, which according to, uh, in this case, Daily Mail, is a consequence of no longer providing chargers and earphones with its new iPhones. People may have wondered how, uh, how that would affect Apple's bottom line. I, I would have wondered because, of course, Apple wouldn't tell you. They wouldn't say to you. Think of all the extra money. Think of the money we're going to make mm -hmm. or, or we're going to save. We're not going to change the price of these things. In fact, it might even go up, but actually we're saving the environment. Yes, the environment talk. We're saving the environment. We don't give you the cable. We don't give you the uh, the power brick. You already have those. Come on, reuse those. Mm -hmm. Don't re don't put the old phone away. Get the new phone. Mm -hmm. but reuse the cables. Don't worry about it. Apple said the move was to cut waste and drew praise from environmentalists when it claimed annual carbon emissions would reduce by 2 million tons. Critics say customers have been hit in the pocket by continued high prices since 2020. Apple has charged customers 19 pounds. This is a British site for a new plug or earphones. Experts believe that Apple could be saving about 27 pounds on each phone. A lot of that has to do with shipping too. They're able to get the boxes shrunk down so much. A tech giant said the move announced two years ago was intended to cut waste and drew praise from environmentalists. It claimed it would reduce annual carbon emissions by 2 million tons, the equivalent of taking 500,000 cars off the road. Critics and customers have been hit in the pocket. Uh, I remember doing a story about Brazil was pissed off about it. There was some kind of a, I don't know if it was like a petition or... Was it the charge break? Government the... investigation. Oh, there you go. Apple will be forced to sell iPhones with included power in Sao Paulo. One more down. Yeah, so there was a ruling there that said, no, 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 Apple. Please do chargers in the box.
because what happens if everybody goes and buys an extra one? Well, I guess you have more money being spent, but then you've also got more more waste because now that has to ship separately in a different box that you order from Amazon mm. if uh, you want to get the fast charging going. But this was all the way back in 2020. Goes to show you time flies. I've been doing this for a while now. Um, it Look, a lot of this has to do, ha, uh, also depends on your upgrade cycle. Are you one of these people that's upgrading your phone frequently? If that's the case, you definitely don't need the charge brick because mm-hmm. you got a recent fast one or you may even have a third-party one that you like more than any of the included ones. But if you're a person that only upgrades your phone every four or five years, then you pretty much, in my opinion, have to buy a new charge brick for your new iPhone because whatever you have lying around is going to be slow. Mm. And I don't know. I just feel like you're going to want to know that your phone has much better capabilities, even if it's only 20 watts. Uh, even though and then we have other manufacturers that have gone well beyond 20 watts. But even to get up to 20 watts because your phone can do it, you're going to want to know that. And so I would imagine if you were to walk into a physical Apple store, those employees at that Apple store would, store would make you aware that you probably want a 20-watt adapter when you buy the phone. Yeah, kind of like a throw it in there. And so, I mean, we could probably run some study, do some investigative report where we would go in and see if it was offered to us, but I bet you it's offered every time. Are you going to need a power brick with that? You're going to need a case? You're going to need some Apple Care? And then all of a sudden in that moment, you got the 20 watt in a separate packaging that had to ship halfway across the world. And I don't know what the consequence was for the environment in that circumstance. Uh, Anyways, here's the quote from Apple. At Apple, we are constantly innovating to conserve resources and protect the planet. We all share already carbon neutral for our own operations. We've set an ambitious goal to become carbon neutral for our entire supply chain and product usage by 2030. Every Apple device will have a net zero carbon impact. One of the steps along our path is to reduce the materials used in products and packaging. Well, that's the biggest one. If they can figure out that the majority of people are not going to be using the included power brick, then they can make the justification and say the box is shrunk by a ton. Sure. The argument's always been very hard and weird for me, this idea that buying something new is the right thing for the environment instead of fixing or keeping the one you already have. But of course, that's if we're talking about the environment at all. And as these mega corporations get involved in the environment, they're all going to have different approaches. And it's certainly better for them to have some interest than none interest. If they were to say, screw the environment and not Mm -hmm. even consider it, well, I mean, that would be like uh, whatever standards existed in 1922 or whatever. Yeah, it might it might it will get ugly pretty fast. So it's it's one of these gradient situations again, Will, where there needs to be some degree of consideration, but it also there's a balancing act to it. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk has challenged Putin to single combat mm. over Ukraine. Honestly, when you sent me the screenshot of the tweet, I didn't I wasn't sure if it was real or not or if it would have been deleted. Hmm. Because I, this is, uh, in, I don't know, I can't describe the feeling I got when I read this. Can you describe the feeling you got when you read this? Um, I was like you, I thought it was fake. Okay. Um, so what would that be? That the, our feeling would be uh, disbelief. 
But why? Why is this? Uh, but, he, he says whatever he wants. I mean, he has got some crazy tweets out there. Elon likes to troll. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was real. You know what I mean? That he would actually do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, he, yeah, I'm sure he would do it, but he also knows it'll never happen. Yes. When he tweets it. Uh, he also understands it's going to be a hot tweet. I don't even think Putin uses Twitter. He doesn't. Well, the word could get back to him still. Okay, sure. I mean, the, the tweet with a hot tweet to that extent. But... Uh, I don't know. What does chat think? Do they think it's real? No, it's real. I mean, he wrote the tweet. It's on his Twitter. But Right I, now? Like, you said it was tweet uh, deleted. No, I said I thought... I was like, is it going to be there? Is it going to be deleted? Was it? Oh, so it is there. I presume it's there. Do you want to verify that it's still there? I'll check. Let's verify that it's still there at the moment as we talk about such things. Of course. We need to uh, just go Elon Musk Twitter. You don't need to be signed in. Okay. You go right to his Twitter handle. Um, anyway, the point I was trying to make is I just, I don't know how to feel about the tweet because it kind of, right does it feel like it trivializes the situation? I'm conflicted. Uh, part of me is say what you want and then uh, and no all of me is say what you want but then if i'm uh reading it after the fact i can i guess i can only speak on the on the emotion that i get out of it which is if he knows it can't happen then he knows it's a joke and if it's a joke at the expense of who is it at the expense of putin or does it trivialize the events taking place Maybe it's just brownie and points make, for him. Make it about him. It's, I don't know. It, it's just a weird, I'm having a weird reaction to it. Maybe it's nothing and maybe it's a typical troll and, 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 and that's that. I know a lot of people have talked, Will, about uh, like why, why it is. Like a lot of people have talked. I, I think Jake Paul challenged Putin. I th a lot of people hate this idea of sending other people to fight on your behalf where you're sitting in a cozy, mm -hmm. uh, luxurious setting. And then you, you go and round up the 20-year-olds and, and you send them to fight. Like, that that seems pretty yeah. obvious, right? That, that people aren't going to like that all that much. It's like, if you care about this thing so much, why aren't you on the front lines? And mm -hmm. it's the same reason Zelensky in Ukraine, that pe people are getting behind him or reposting his uh, images as he appears to be surrounded by military personnel like he's in the mix mm -hmm. granted ukraine is the place that's being attacked uh we just don't and and historically in in uh war and such when you you examine the generals let's say that are um more, more willing to take risks themselves and, but then on the flip side, there's the other side of it, which is, well, if these people are so important for these operations, then, then, then they can't possibly put themselves in harm's way. So uh -huh. it's, uh, but I understand, I understand the feeling of, hey, if you're willing to risk other people's lives, you better be willing to risk your own. Mm -hmm. Or if you're willing to risk other people's health, you better be willing to risk your own. And I think that's where this fight thing comes in, where people are challenging Putin directly and saying, 
Now, in the comments on the Reddit post, they say Putin is trained in Sambo and he's a former KGB agent and Elon doesn't know what he's in for. But I also feel like Putin's pretty old and I don't know what his uh, physical shape is. And uh, I think Elon's a pretty big dude as well. So Elon's he's, tall. So he's 69 years old. <laughs> Putin. So we're betting if they actually do fight, who's going to They're not going to fight. It's, not, it's just not going to happen. But but Elon's like 50, right? Something in that range? Yeah. That's a big difference. A 20-year sure. gap. A 20-year gap is a Age big difference. Age makes a difference. Either way, uh, you know, he's getting the, he's sending the tweets and getting the interactions and and that's the way it goes and and, and if, uh, I think there's a lot of people that wish that disputes could be solved in some other way than uh, having young people kill each other. Mm -hmm. Like any other way. Uh, Arm wrestling. Any other way. Play a video game or, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I know uh, that's not, it's obviously between un leaders, unrealistic, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of situation over there, apparently Russian influencers, um, are very upset because as of Monday, today is Monday. Remember the beginning of the show? Yeah. Big Monday. As of today. Instagram has been shut down in Russia, not by Instagram or Facebook, but actually by, by Russia, I believe. And you have some massive Russian influencers that are losing, well, their following. And here we have a reality TV star, Olga Bezova, who cried while saying goodbye to her 23.3 million followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Some Russian influencers have bid tearful farewells to their fans following their country's Instagram ban. The influencers have asked their fans to follow them on other social media platforms like Telegram and VK. Now, here's the... Uh, they're not getting sympathy from everyone. They're f a lot of their fans are upset and they're saying, this is brutal. But then others are saying, wait, you're crying about losing followers while... Your government is invading Ukraine and people are losing their lives or their loved ones and not followers mm. on a social media app. Now, I don't necessarily think it's one or the other. I think it sucks for everybody. I don't think it's as simple as uh, saying it can't also suck for them. It sucks for them in a different way, but it also sucks for them. Um, could she use a VPN? Would that I don't it? think she's willing to take that risk. It's a pretty high-profile account with 23 million. If the Russian government were to find out she was still posting through a VPN, I would mm. think she'd be in some serious mm. trouble. She probably she may have even got direct contact. She may have even been visited, yeah. saying don't don't try don't try to post anymore. And for the record, even if she was to use a VPN and post and maybe leave Russia, let's say if she could, then the majority of her fans are going to be Russian. And then she's going to be asking them to break the rules to look at her account. Which, do you really want to recommend that to your fans when the government has taken mm -hmm. a stand on it? Probably not. What if she gives the account to someone to control? In North America? Yeah. Uh, control and... She can still run her business. 
Well, her, but like I said, her, her customers, her followers are in Russia. They can't log on to her account. Oh, they right. can't keep using Instagram. I mean, if she had a global audience, I mean, she may may have a somewhat global, but you see the top comments on right, her post. Yeah. It's all uh, Russian language. Now, she's not the only one. You can scroll down. She Many have cried. Many. many. Yes, many are on here crying. I am not afraid of admitting that I do not want to lose you, she said in Russian. Um, I shared, I, I just shared my life, my work, and my soul. I did not do this all as a job for me. This is part of my soul. So it's also this type of thing where a lot of people, uh, so social media becomes their kind of default existence. Mm. I'm not saying that's a good thing, as is evidenced in this scenario, but, but it's not as simple as saying, oh, it's just another business. The person has their name on the account. Mm -hmm. They have their memories on that account. They've invested in that account. Their uh, experiences might be on that account. Connections uh, internationally, globally, friends, things like that will be on that account. So I think people feel like they're uh, losing even more than their ability to do business. And it can have a more emotional effect on people. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, there's a couple of others here. Uh, I think, uh, let's see. Here's a, here's a message from Adam Mosseri, who is uh, from Instagram. On Monday, Instagram will be blocked in Russia. This decision will cut 80 million in Russia off from one another and from the rest of the world as 80% of the people in Russia follow an Instagram account outside their country. This is wrong. So it's not, that, that to me indicates what we were thinking, that it's not from Instagram side, it's from the Russian side. And I guess it's their version of a, a, a type of sanction in which they're saying, well, hey, Instagram is making money from our citizens. They're cutting us off, uh, the US and US companies are cutting us off from it, everything. So we're gonna, we're gonna cut something off too. And in mm. that case, it happened to be Instagram. Uh, here's a bit of a sad one. US filmmaker, Brent Renault, uh, reportedly killed by Russian forces in Ukraine. I heard about this when it happened mm. on Twitter, award-winning journalist and uh, colleague. Uh, who survived were fired on near a checkpoint in Irpin. This is an incredibly ja uh, dangerous job. To, Journalists? Like in, a, in, a, in an active yeah. conflict. Uh, now they have, they typically will be wearing some, some special uh, gear to indicate they're, yep. that they're a journalist and that, and, and that they're, uh, they shouldn't be shot at. But at the same time, you're filming a firefight. That's right. Which is very, very dangerous. Insanely and, dangerous. Absolutely. You know, it's chaotic. Anything can happen, <clears throat> no. even if you're wearing the uniform. You know what? And it's not even just that. It's airstrikes and, sure. and, and shelling. And there's just, you're just in a, in a, a uh, incredibly volatile situation. So uh, let's see here. He was reportedly killed by Russian forces in the flashpoint town of Irpin outside Kiev. A U.S. photographer, Juan Arredondo, was wounded. He's 51, hit in the neck, and died after coming under Russian fire while working on Sunday, according to local police officials. Uh, Jane Ferguson, reporter for PBS NewsHour, who was nearby when he was killed, tweeted, I just left the roadside spot near Irpin, where body of American journalist Brent Renault lay under a blanket. Ukrainian medics could do nothing to help him by that stage. 
outraged Ukrainian police officer, tell America, tell the world what they did, what they did to a journalist. Well, now, of course, this is a thing as this news begins to spread where it's another one of those moments where the longer this thing goes on, the more groups get involved and the more emotions that get associated with it. You have uh, terrible events, you have terrible outcomes, and uh, the statement there from the Ukrainian police saying, go show the world. I mean, I think you can understand the reason, tell America, tell the world. He's saying, look what's going on over here. Mm -hmm. Here you have your own citizen reporting on the thing and now he's dead so it's uh it's a very unfortunate situation absolutely mm -hmm. terrible loss and you know oh let me just say one more thing on the journalists over there we you and i have been talking in the past about how uh difficult it is to get to figure out what's even going on to figure out what's even going on because you're getting these overly simplified positions and stories and things like this from media. And so we sit here and we try to read from as many sources as possible. And we try not to say definitively this thing. We, we, we try to just pre present as many sources as possible, as many uh, viewpoints as possible. And then, like many things, hopefully the truth is somewhere in there, uh, some, some portion of it. It's never not going to be complicated in 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 this uh, the times that we're in and the way that in information flows, but thanks to the journalists that are there, that do have a camera with them, that do have a microphone with them, that's the only reason we're getting that we're able to know anything. Yes, like concretely, mm -hmm. that if they're to to say, look, this in the back, this building is blown up, or. Uh, these forces are right over there and they're uh, attacking this particular target in the absence of them being there and taking that risk. These stories are lacking a lot and therefore decision-making on this end, public opinion, et cetera, it all depends on these things. Mm -hmm. So it's in, in, from that standpoint, it's, um, it's an incredibly courageous um, thing to be doing. Shout out to the journalists. Alex Ovechkin declined the Washington Capitals request to remove Vladimir Putin from profile photo, deactivate Instagram account, citing fear for family's safety. Uh, this is from Nova Caps fans. I don't know if this is a rumor. Um, over the past few weeks, Washington's capital captain, Washington Capitals captain Alex Ovechkin has received significant backlash. Shout out to Bobby for the super chat, by the way. He's also asking about your Bronco, Will. Yeah. Uh, significant backlash in the wake of his native Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Well, we've seen this. He, he spoke on it. There's no doubt that he has a relationship with Putin, or at least he's uh, been photographed with him. And also, I believe his family is in Russia, and he has been concerned for their safety. According to ESPN's Emily Kaplan... The Capitals asked Ovechkin to remove the photo from his Instagram profile and or deactivate his Instagram account. However, he declined each time, citing fear for his family's safety if he were to do so. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it's not as... Uh, it's tough. Let's put it that way. It's very tough for a guy like him with the connections he has and, and the lack of information we have about how tied up with the whole thing he might be. Well, um... 
I mean, I couldn't help but think when the whole when this stuff started happening about the Russian athletes who are in the NHL. There's a, there's quite a few of them, and uh, they're sort of di- distributed um, existence. Their 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 um, passports and ability to travel, ability to work, all this the complexities around sanctions and whatever investments they might have. Like, can you imagine? Quick sidetrack. We have a super chat from Ryan. He says, I'm 24, but my next iPhone will be the SE. I wasn't allowed to have a smartphone when the 6 came out, and I love the design. Nostalgia. Even a 24-year-old can be nostalgic. Mm. Wanting the classic design. It's almost like sneakers at this point. The iPhone SE just becomes the Jordan 1. Mm. You just want to have the old school look. Yeah. It's funny. Is, is technology so ubiquitous now that we start to reach for the old designs? Like when Motorola did their folding OLED display, but it felt like an old flip phone. What is that, the retro future? I don't know. I'm just talking right now. These are just ideas. Uh, Ovechkin's wife, Nastia Ovechkina. Oh, wow, there's an A on the end. And sons, Sergei and Ilya, as well as his parents, are currently in Russia. Ovechkin's past endorsement of and relationship with Putin and his High-profile status in Russia have led to a challenging few weeks for the Capitals franchise player. Oh, man. Uh, and he's not saying much, is crap. he? Crap. He said he didn't, he said no more war, please. He, I don't know. He does strike me as someone who, 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 he may know something we don't know. He may know something we don't know. Because he seems very stoic. Guarded. Yes. Guarded. He may know just something. very, very careful. I just, listen. Leave a little space for the unknown. As sure. an outsider, I agree. As an outsider who's observing what's going on, leave a little space for the unknown. Assume that maybe we don't know absolutely everything. When your judgment changes. You can create a little bit more leeway, leeway, and you might look at things a little bit differently. You might expose yourself to information through that viewpoint that otherwise wouldn't have been available to you. Just because you took a slightly different approach and you weren't immediately assuming that you knew everything about a particular situation Mm -hmm. and why a person might not be completely transparent about it. So um, I guess the tough part is in the meantime, if you are a fan of Ovechkin, then you have to look at his Instagram account with the profile photo. Oh, wait. Did he change his? Uh, no, no, no. No, this is a this different, is a different account. account. Let's just verify that he hasn't changed it. Let's just just so we are one hundred percent accurate on that component on that portion. Oh God, it's one of those moments where you're like, he could have changed it at any point prior to this conflict, and it wouldn't have been a big deal. But now that the conflict took off, if he were to change it now, it would be news in Russia. Big news in Russia. He's one of the most prominent international figures in Russia. Right. If he changes it now, it's going to be news in Russia. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is the official account? That's the official account. Yeah, it's still there. 1.6 million followers. It's still there. It's uh, him with Putin. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Russian agents threatened Google Apple representatives with prison time. You're going to see a lot of this stuff. Russian agents are reportedly targeting 
These employees based in the country with prison time agents apparently appeared at the door of a Google executive's home in Moscow. It's like the KGB. And demanded that he remove an app from its Google Play Store at the request. Imagine you're just an engineer to like remove the app. He's like, that's not even what I do. Like you work for Google, don't you? Get rid of it. Mm. An Apple representative in Moscow experienced similar threats. Sources told the Post. What post is this? I'm skeptical, Will. What is this website? Who knows about these things? I just see it says more news in the top left corner. Now I'm <laughs> I'm really worried here. Red State Observer. Uh, okay, hang on a second. Click on the initial source there. Okay. This so it was more a, official? Well, no. I just wanted to know where it was originally uh, reported. Yeah. Uh, this is Fox Business. Numerous American big tech companies based in the U.S. have taken disciplinary action against Russia. Well, we know that part. But where is the part about... Oh, there you go. Same thing. Oh, the Washington Post originally... You know what's funny, Will? Can I just say something to you? Just while we're here. Here's what's important. You got into this situation where you, people became very aware of the, of, of the source of the information around the time of Trump Trump's initial campaign. Fake news, this and that. Um, CNN recently took heat with the Rogan stuff. Fox is, has an unlimited number of haters. These, these uh, sources, the brands themselves have elicit a response or reaction in the individual that they can't even read the words. Like, these are some comments we get. Like, why are you looking at that website? You're looking at that website because some people are looking at that website. That information is being distributed mm -hmm. to the world. It doesn't mean you have to, uh, like, 100% believe it. It just means that it is, it is currently active. It is currently being consumed. And if it surfaces on our radar... Chances are is because it has tremendous velocity, which yes. means that it's useful to you, not necessarily because of the words themselves, but because you need to know what the world is spending time doing mm. so that you can then gauge the significance of any set of words. Mm. It would be like seeing the sales figures on a, an iPhone SE and saying, hmm, I guess people like it. Right. It doesn't make it more accurate, but it does act as an extra data point for you that this is what humans are being exposed to. But we what we just experienced as we moved from one article to a second and to a third is the reposting behavior of the Internet. And I guess we're the fourth. So you found this piece of news here, which links links to the article on Fox Business. And then you get a bunch of people saying, screw Fox Business because they hate Fox. And it turns out Fox is posting a story with links to Washington Post, mm -hmm. where it was originally reported. And these are from different ends of the political spectrum. Yes. Goes to I'm show I'm glad you. we figured that out. No, but I'm just saying it goes to... Because <laughs> when you say fake news, fake website or whatever, it's... Uh, no, yeah, I, it's, I, I, but We want to get down to the bottom of it. Absolutely. At the end of the day. Absolutely. But what I, what I meant to say in this case beyond that is just that you can... Uh, the, the political affiliation of the site sometimes gives you an indication of what the angle is. Yes. It's kind of like broken telephone. Sometimes it doesn't. Yes. Yeah. So, some, sometimes it's, 
in it, like in this case, it's a repost from from some other place, and it just happens to be a hot topic. Yes. And now maybe the way it's written, and the way it's cited, could be slightly altered. But ultimately, the core of the information is rewrapped, reframed, recontextualized by some other site. Mm -hmm. In in most cases, without a, tr a, tr a tremendous amount of new input. Mm -hmm. So you could be sitting here saying, I'm a Washington Post guy. That's all that I'm into. I'm a Washington, everything else is crap. And then you got a literal repost of the exact same story on Fox. Mm -hmm. What happens when it gets over there? Then, it, then all of a sudden, it's lacking truth because of the banner? What if the words are exactly the same? Mm -hmm. You understand how you can, the whole thing can get really slippery really fast. Mm -hmm. And then you've just got these allegiances and, and once again, you're having difficulty thinking for yourself. Anyway, so originally posted on the Washington Post, Putin's pre-war moves against the U.S. tech giants laid groundwork for crackdown on free expression. So this is going to be probably a more comprehensive article, as you can see here. We've, we're already three paragraphs deep before seeing another image, and there's only one ad on the page. That's how you know you're on the Washington Post. <laughs> Wait, don't we pay these people? We're subscribed. Yeah, there we're you go. We're logged in. There you go. We're logged in. We even pay these people. And yet we still have ads. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, listen. Well, we get the article because they were going to block it from us. Uh -huh. Within hours, an app designed to help Russians register protest votes against Putin could no longer be downloaded from Google or Apple, whose main representative in Moscow faced a similarly harrowing sequence. Titans of American technology had been brought to their knees by some of the most primitive intimidation tactics in the Kremlin playbook. Well, yes, if they knock on your door. Good Lord. People aren't ready for that. Mm. People aren't ready for that. And they, they, you're not ready for that. It makes it so much more real. Those old school tactics, physical threats. Yeah, half the time I'm in my underwear. They're going to catch you in your underwear, man. They don't want that. You better take that app down. I don't down. want that. You better take those apps down. You're like, I barely know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even have those apps. You're, it's like they're pre-installed. What am I supposed to do? Oh. Well, this is obvious. I'm not surprised by this. Not, not at all. I, I would assume that this stuff is going on. If I was a, a, an American or, I mean, even a Canadian for that matter, in working in Russia right now, I'd be, I would be concerned about my ability to keep working. And this, you know, this goes both ways, I guess. I mean, we were just talking about uh, Alex Ovechkin in, in the U.S. And I've read rumors about potential work visa problems for uh upcoming expiring work visas for even even professional Russian players. Now, I'm sure they'll get it figured out, but if you're just an employee for Apple or Google in Russia, uh, or you, you heard about the detained basketball player or whatever, uh, things have gotten more complex as each one of these uh, units can be uh, used as a bargaining chip. Mm -hmm. e each one of these... Uh, I mean, it reminds you of, remember the thing even here with uh, Huawei with, uh, over in Vancouver? Mm. The detaining of, oh, I can't remember her name now. Um, the CEO's CF, daughter. She was the CFO, CFO of the company. Anyway, uh, it, it turns political and then you get all types of tactics as people try to apply pressure to one another. Our last Russia story. Last Russia. Russians try to sell Big Macs. For 30, this is what I'm talking about, black market McDonald's. Mm. 
buying McDonald's on the black market. And it's you, a week old. You said I would never do it. Mo said he would never do it. I believe neither of you. Because both of you, if it was the last McDonald's you're ever going to have. Oh, for us to purchase. Yeah. You guys might mix it up. You never know. Yeah. The okay. last cheeseburger. Of your life from McDonald's. Maybe I would. I was, you know, the McDonald's one is kind of a, I, listen, this is all sad. Can I just say that? It's all sad. <laughs> like, it's all, you know how hard they had to work? If you read the origin story yeah. of the first McDonald's in Moscow, oh my God, just to get along, just to like put the Cold War away for a while and shake hands and find a way to mix culture. Mm -hmm. So much, so hard to build things, so easy to break them. Uh, anyway, in the meantime, you've got huge nostalgia here as people aim to collect and keep McDonald's paper bags for $300 as every location closes in Russia. It's around 850 locations. Russians are now selling McDonald's menu items online. What do they put in the fridge for you at least? Popular items like Big Macs and McMuffins have been offered at inflated prices. One listings on a classified ads website offered McDonald's packaging for $373. Oh, insider uh, viewed multiple listings on Avito, a Russian classified ads website, which offered products including Big Macs, McMuffins. Um, uh, Big Macs go for $36 on these sites after exchange rates. In Russia, the burger would usually cost $1. Uh, one dollar Big Mac convert well because uh, it's a different different economy, right? Mm. It's uh, was it in, ours is like seven bucks or something. Well, this this is no time to complain. You understand? Oh, okay, yeah. At least sorry. you can at sorry. least you can get one. I'm sorry. <laughs> seven. He's complaining <laughs> too far. Inflated McDonald's. Well, yes. Uh, what do you think the minimum wage is in Russia? Mm. That's true. Yeah, it's not whatever it is over here. Another seller recently posted a McDonald's breakfast, including McMuffins, potato pancakes, and sauces for 18 The listing translated into English. The seller said they were offering items for those who want to enjoy the last taste of a bygone era. I don't know why these type of stories help me to... They kind of help me to get a... Uh, some more texture of what the scene is actually like hmm. to see something uh, seemingly inconsequential like a like a Big Mac but then to see it described in such a way and try to envision that environment where the Big Mac can become a symbol uh, the bag the logo even can become a symbol of an entirely different era. I know you're seeing used fries container. I, I'm telling you, man. It's like, what do you? Why do you want that? You just want the smell? No, I mean There's the smell like is gonna the smell is gonna be gone quickly. It's, it's. I think what it is is you're looking for a a symbol. You want to hold on yes. to a symbol of a. Maybe what you would perceive as a happier era, like a pre-war era. There, there, there's a war going on right now. Yeah. The perception, international perception has changed. Yeah. And you're trying to remember the time before and you're buying ridiculous things in, 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 in 
trying to achieve it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Don Quixote for the super chat, by the way. Uh, what can I say, man? I know McDonald's was trying to continue paying his employees. I don't want to say that it's over. Uh, I saw Vin sent an article of uh, regarding Tom Brady. So Tom, yeah. so Tom Brady. That's coming up. Oh, it's coming. It's coming up. Well, it just, it just, well, it just is a reference to this one. So I don't know if you want to go right to it because okay. I have, I have a segue, a reference to it. So he has a, a football. The final touchdown football, which sells at an auction for $518,000, over half a million dollars because of the significance of this football, says officially he's going to retire and then comes back. He comes back. He comes back. So what happens to the significance of that ball? Well, it's not his last touchdown anymore. For sure, he's going to have a touchdown, another one, which will become the new last touchdown. And... But actually, it might even be a fun story. What? I have his last football before his fake retirement. Uh (laughs) It's kind of funny. I don't mind it either as a storyline. But to pay that much money? Uh, No, I mean, as a collector's item, the person is definitely hoping it is truly his last touchdown. They're they're not Mm -hmm. wanting this him to come back. Or, but they're but they're probably a fan of his, and they're like, "Well, I get to see another year." And if they can spend five hundred thousand on a football, then uh, chances are they they have enough money anyway. You don't need to feel too bad about it. And the football's not worth zero dollars; it's still significant, not as significant. But it, but that's what the McDonald's reminded me of. Is like you go and spend, you go and spend three hundred on a McDonald's paper bag, and mm-hmm. then uh, all of a sudden they sort it out, and McDonald's opens back up. It's like, oh, great! Uh, exactly. It's it it only works in the presence of these very specific circumstances, mm. and then all of a sudden, like limited things, the limited nature of things is why the value goes up, right? This is the Scarcity. idea of uh, these drops, and you know what I bought. Let NFT. Did you buy an NFT? Hell no. Let me tell you what I bought, okay? I was at the hockey store, mm. and they had a limited edition collab. And I was conflicted. My kids had to convince me. I couldn't pull the trigger. My kids were like, you got to pull this trigger. And I was like, really? And they were like, this is limited right now. It was one of 500 limited edition hockey sticks Austin Matthews, local Maple Leaf player. And it's a very special colorway. Okay. So normally, the stick that he uses on a regular basis is called a jet speed. And the jet speed is typically black and red. But since he plays on the Maple Leafs and he's sponsored by CCM, his jet speed is blue and silver. Now... If you try to buy, that's an old Matthew stick. That's a Bauer. You gotta you gotta type specifically CCM Jet Speed, Austin Matthews CCM Jet Speed. You'll see what I'm talking about here. So nope, because you're also gonna get ones that uh, no, that's a Nexus. It's old. Nope. Do you you have to probably too many words in your search there? I would just do Austin Matthews CCM Jet Speed. There you go. Anyway, Poppy? Yeah, that's his nickname. So if you look at actually look at the skates, the first in the in the top left over there. 
So this is the colorway. And uh, th these are only his. They're custom. Like, I can't go buy these. CCM made it for him. Mm -hmm. And the same thing goes for the stick. It's that same silver, blue, and whatever. You can actually see pictures of him using the red version. So I think it's pretty new. This oh. one seems blue. Oh, that's it. That's the stick right there. Yeah, he's holding it up. Anyway, point being is they released it for regular people to buy, but they only released 500 of them. Okay. And the store had like the last 12. There were 12 left. And I shoot right-handed, which is rare. I know that sounds weird because you're like, everybody's right-handed. But typically in hockey, since most people are right-dominant, they want to have the top hand on their stick mm. as their dominant hand. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes your other hand comes off when you're not shooting and you skate with like one hand on your stick. It doesn't really matter. The point is there's more left-handed shooters than right-handed shooters. So all those had sold, which I love when I'm looking for sticks because I'm right-handed. Oh, there you go. Now click on the picture with the, with the card, the signed card. Okay? So I got the, the stick and every stick of the 500 comes with that card, hand-signed okay. hand in silver ink. And so I told the kids, okay, I want to use the stick. You guys can have the card. But the scarcity is what got me. They're like, you want number 311? We got 12 left. And I was just like, oh, my God. And so what I did is I popped on to immediately, I popped on to a sideline swap where you can trade. It's like eBay, but for sports equipment. And people already had the thing listed for $1,500. Hmm. And it was $350, $359. And instantly, people posted for $1,500. And other hockey stores had bought the collab, and they had reposted for $7,800. Hmm. Even in the store. So the scarcity thing right now especially seems to be extra effective. That, that, that I don't know what kind of market dynamics are going on. Uh, our psychology relating to scarcity, inflation, gas prices going up, conflict, uh, COVID. It's some kind of club. It's some kind of club. special concoction going on right now. Mm -hmm. Where, yeah, you want to you belong. Mm -hmm. You want, um, I think maybe we feel like things are slipping away. And we want to hold on to something that feels special. Mm. And the McDonald's bag is kind of like that. I mean, to a in a different way. And uh, other memorabilia, certainly NFTs, which we've talked about. Uh, but this one actually got me. Because I was like... You know, I need to have some weird mix. I can't just put it on the wall. I can't just, like, collect it to just collect it. I have to use it. Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. You got it. I got okay. it, and I used it already. Oh, okay. I, How... I take this stick, and I use it right away. How was it? I love it. Okay. It's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I'm there, glad there, we figured that there out. There was no way that I wasn't going to use it. The fun for me is in using it. Yeah. So, but scarcity, even you... Who knows, if the Bronco was in stock right now and it wasn't a shortage, would you have ordered it? Yeah. Like, there's something about this uh, scarcity component. PlayStation 5s. I was just talking, we are just talking about PlayStation 5s. GPUs. G everything. It's, it's, it's like, it's this thing where you're walking down the street and there's a lineup and they're like, what are you lined up for? They're like, the iPhone. And you're like, they've, they, you know, they, there's, there's only... 12 left and then they're sold out and then all of a sudden you didn't even weren't even you didn't even want an iphone but you're like damn maybe i do why am i waiting in line maybe i do yeah right it's like walking past the empty restaurant 
You walk past the empty restaurant, you're like, I don't know, the food must not be that good. Mm -hmm. You walk past the full restaurant, all of a sudden you're lining up. Mm -hmm. It's like, wait, there's an empty one right over there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you're visiting some next place, um, take a chance on the empty restaurant. I actually yeah. probably don't. Well, dude, man, when I was in Japan, I waited for a special ramen shop to open for three hours. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Apparently, it's a normal thing there. Not three hours, maybe like an hour or two, but people do line up there for food. You know, uh, well, what do you mean there? I mean, even here. There, here was a, yes. there, there was a time, Young Lou, there was a time. For what, brunch? Yes, there was a brunch, <laughs> Lou, when I had way too much time on my hands. Like, honestly. Like, um, I would call it a, uh, um, like a negative amount of free time. I know that sounds insane. You're like, what, is, what, is that, what, what are you talking about? Like, I think there's an optimal amount of, this is up for discussion. Depends yeah. on the, depends on the individual and, and however uh, you interact with the planet and whatever works for you. But there was a time in my life where I would be willing to wait for, for like some fancy brunch spot. Yeah. And, and, and I would line up like everybody else. Was it ever worth it? No, absolutely not. No, in retrospect, it was never worth it. At, at the time, what you really were trying to do is figure out what to do, mm. right? And so you would find justifications because if you didn't have anything really going on that day, then extending the brunch experience was okay. Kind of like, sure. kind of like your um, Bronco investigation that went on for so long, mm -hmm. right? It, it becomes the enjoyment. Uh -huh. And the same thing waiting for the brunch is like, it's, ooh, it's going to be so good. The waiting might even enhance it. But I, I started to imagine to myself as I ate these, this brunch after these long waits, I started to imagine if I was blindfolded and I was eating like a cheap brunch, you know, like, a, like just a standard brunch with the toast and the eggs and whatever else. You're in a warehouse. It, it just like blindfolded, like a Pepsi challenge. Yeah. I'm like, I don't think there's that much difference between these brunches. Yeah. What am I doing with my life? Mm. I could have uh, been in and out and I could have been, uh, you know, doing something with the kids or whatever. You mm. name it. You mm. name it. And But everybody, you know, you got to make these exchanges. And I'm sure there's some amazing brunch spot out there that's totally worth the wait. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that exists. But... Uh, Sometimes our, 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 we can get a sensory overload by seeing this sort of mob behavior. And you see the lineup and you're like, maybe I'm the one that's crazy. Mm. That I don't want to line up. Mm -hmm. Look, they're all lined up. It yeah. must be incredible, whatever it is. I must be the crazy one. Exactly. And then you get in there and you're tasting it and you're like, uh, this is the greatest thing I've ever tasted, isn't <laughs> it? You look across the table, whoever you're with, you're like, is it? Tell me, because I don't know anymore. What's real? It's like, sir, can you calm down? I'm like, no, I can't. I just waited outside, and I thought this was going to solve all my problems. Yeah. That lineup outside told me this is what I should be doing. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway. Ford to ship and sell Explorer SUVs with missing chips. What? I'm excited for this. What? If they do that for the Bronco, I mean, I'm in. The vehicles will come without rear heating and air conditioning. And then what? You can get a, you'll get a, a, um, an email <laughs> later on that'll say, come get your chip. Yes, within a year, Ford is saying. You know what? That's a damn good idea. That's not bad. That is the right move. 
I mean, if you don't need rear heating or air conditioning. No, no, but you do, you do need it. But imagine they were to say to people, here's your option. I don't know how badly you need your, your new car. Uh-huh. You want to wait, you wait. Yeah. Right? It can sit with us. But if in the meantime you want to drive it without those two features, that option's available to, for you too. Options. And I think what most people will take them up on it because they can start using the thing and, and they know that eventually they'll get their thing fixed, uh, get the remaining components working. Yeah. So, uh, okay, Ford spokesperson uh, told The Verge that heating and air conditioning will still be controllable from the front seats and that customers who choose to purchase a vehicle without the rear controls will receive a price reduction. Uh, Ford is doing it this way to bring new explorers to customers faster, and the change is only temporarily. Uh, the automaker originally had plans to ship partially built undrivable vehicles to dealers last year, but now the unshipped vehicles will be both drivable and sellable, as pointed out by Automotive News. Ford's decision comes as an attempt to move the partially built vehicles, crowding its factory lots. Last month, Hundreds of new Ford Broncos were spotted sitting idly in the snow-covered lots near Ford's Michigan assembly plant, all of which await chip-related installations. Now, this is going to vary from vehicle to vehicle and what, which chips are missing and which functions sure. are disabled as a consequence of that. Uh, now, maybe it's a type of thing where you can get it added at a later date, or maybe it's a type of thing where you can get a discount. Uh, because obviously this is costing them money at the moment mm -hmm. to store these things, to have all these vehicles sitting around, uh, lacking something minimal, and taking up space and, 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 and uh, depreciating. Mm -hmm. It's really what's going on, although... The scarcity factor means almost nothing is depreciating. But anyway, um, so anyway, if you couldn't, if you, this doesn't apply to Bronco. They're talking about Explorers. But yes, if you unfortunately. Could, if you could get your Bronco, but the rear heating wasn't working, but the front heating was working, would you take it? Oh, absolutely. 100%. Okay, let me ask you something else. Okay. Would you prefer that it gets fixed at a later date? Or would you take a discount and it just stays that way forever? No, it has to be fixed at a later date. What it can't the, be driving in beta. What, it's if like the discount, a, what if the discount is substantial? Unless there's like aftermarket stuff, I can just uh No, what if it install. will absolutely never be fixed, but the discount is substantial? What is rear heating worth to you? Mm. It would depend on the substantial... Discount. That's what I'm saying. That's what, that's the question. What is the amount? I don't know. I really don't know. Well, you do know, Will. If it was ten thousand dollars, for sure you would do it. Sure. There's definitely a number. Sure. I think you would probably give up. Maybe five k. Oh, I would definitely give up rear heating for five k. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would be less than that. I thought uh, you might give up rear heating for like fifteen hundred. No. You want no. that rear heating? And uh, what else was there? Air conditioning controls. It's just rear heating. Oh, shout, shout out, by the way, to Umedijan, who's uh, actually looking for Mo on the Super Chat. He just passed by. He just by. passed by. I don't know. We might see him. We might not. He claims that he's very busy today. Uh, hopefully, he graces us with his presence at some point yeah. here. Uh, hold on. There's an update Update here. to clarify. The affected vehicles are Ford Explorers, and they'll be missing rear HVAC controls. Also updated to include some additional context. So this is important, Will. 
rear HVAC controls, not rear HVAC. So you're still going to be heating and cooling the rear, but you're not going to be able to adjust it from sitting back there. Mm. Which is not a big deal. Not really a big deal. I'll take that five grand. I'll keep it. You'll easily take the five. Yeah. You might take less. Plus, you're going to get your vehicle sooner. Don't forget. <laughs> sure. Ford announces new EVs for Europe battery plant for Turkey just as it makes major electric vehicle commitments here in the U.S., including the development of new modular platforms and the establishment of the Model E division dedicated to EVs. Ford is also making significant moves over in Europe. The automaker Monday said it will add to its EV lineup in Europe three new passenger vehicles and five new commercial vehicles by 2024. As part of a plan to grow EV sales in the region, 600,000 units annually by as early as 2026, or over 2 million worldwide by the same date. I'm curious to see what they do with the vans. I have one of those Sprinter vans, and uh, Ford has a competitive van. I'm forgetting the name of it now. What? A- Mo Yield Transit, because he's a van guy. He's a... Uh... What is it called when you're into the vans, Mo? Van yeah, van life. He's a van lifer. Oh, okay. So he likes the transit. You like the Sprinter or the transit? He still likes Sprinter. Anyway, uh, the Transit may have uh, an edge here if they can get an electric one to market ahead of the Sprinter because mm-hmm. a lot of people might be interested in the efficiency associated with that and potential cost savings. I don't know how that would uh, work. If you're doing like a full van life, that might be tough. Not sure the recharging and such, but certainly for fleets, for deliveries, mm. um, possibly for... Mm, Utility companies and things. I don't know who, who it would be uh, specifically for, but look at the look at the options here. These are the nine electric vehicles uh, that Europe's going to get. The Puma uh, Sport Crossover, so they're naming some and not others. A medium-sized crossover, the Mustang Mach-E, obviously. Transit Courier, uh, Tornio Cur- Courier, Transit Custom, Tornio Custom, and E-Transit. So the E-Transit looks like the big van. Um, yeah, the dedication here to electrification, obviously big and coming at a really interesting time as the world has a big ongoing conversation around uh, natural resources and uh, gas, oil and gas and um, reliance on uh, those fuels and things like that. Although you still need those things to build these things. Yeah, the nickel mine. And to use these things. Well, nickel, but also... I mean, certainly these plants use traditional energy mm. in production and so forth. I'm curious, is Ford big in Europe? Getting bigger. Been getting bigger, I believe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously a different marketplace from a competition perspective. Mm. In Europe, oh, you got a big hold from the German brands. You got the French brands over there. Smaller cars. You got a whole different market. Yeah. Smaller roadways. It's a different market. But uh, Ford's going for it. Mm-hmm. 15-year-old steals daddy's Tesla and takes an uphill leap at a gas station while drinking. Holy cow, that's a lot you of... you see this? I have, not, <laughs> I, very... I have not seen this, but it has all the makings of a terrible situation. Oh, yeah. There's a, I mean, you got 15-year-old, that's a problem. Stolen Tesla, that's a problem. 
uphill leap. That's a problem. Gas station, another problem. While <laughs> drinking, another problem. It's a multiplier effect of problems. Uh -huh. So you can sense you get the that something's going to go wrong. Okay, here we go. You approach it. Oh, my God. What? The... He didn't mean to hit the accelerator. He... he uh, he misjudged something and had a lot of power. That's one of the things I have always wondered about these vehicles is as smart as they are, they are so damn powerful. Mm. <laughs> like one, I guess you could say the same for any, any vehicle, really. Mm. But these ones, man, if you tap that thing, <whistles> you go, you tap, you go. Hey, instantly. I promise. Yeah. It's freaky. There's no rev up of, of the engine. You tap, you go. Yeah. That should be that's the tagline. Yeah. We're gonna do Lou later merch. You tap, you go. <laughs> and what accent is that? We have to do another uh Willy we have to do something for Willie Do's Bronco. Okay. It would be like an old school type of shirt, like somebody would have for a Mustang back in the day or something. Okay. It'll be like the horse logo, yeah, but my head. Yeah, something going on. I don't know sure. what it would be, but it's uh we we need to get some things going on. There's some details of it. He was arrested. The the uh, He's the, alive. The teen is alive but arrested. According to the Austin Police Department, police and fire department units responded to a major crash at the Shell gas station at 2701 at 122 a.m. Yeah, it's probably drinking involved obviously at that time. Oh, a gas station is a tough one to hit, too. Obviously, it erupted in flames right away. Police said the male driver of the Tesla Model X crashed into a traffic light pole at the intersection of Exposition Boulevard and then into the gas pump. The vehicle was an $80,000 Tesla, so I don't know. It's probably a fast model. The driver, who was the only occupant of the vehicle, was able to escape from the car and was outside the vehicle when police and fire crews arrived, which is actually kind of impressive because the thing sort of like flipped up on its side a little bit. Um, he was arrested for driving while being intoxicated. Yeah. That and he's sense. apparently okay. He's okay. After yeah. this insane it, crash. It, uh, so he flipped up and then back down, and the, the, uh, the gas pump caught fire right away. The vehicle probably took a little while longer, but the gas pump... Caught fire right away. Mm -hmm. And the battery's not going to like that. Mm. This is an interesting clip that I saw. Look at how many views it has. Oh, I just realized that. So this is a um, YouTube channel, Jamie's Garage. I hadn't seen it before. And uh, the title is a, it's a short. It's a, a YouTube short. And the title is 400K and it's so bad. Mm. So he's got a McLaren 720S, very expensive car. It was just delivered. And okay. he's comparing the build quality to Tesla because Tesla has taken some heat in the past. Panel gaps. God, does that happen? Like heat in Tesla uh, taking heat. It w There's just a burning Tesla in the last story. Yeah. With the gas station and the flames. No. That's not uh, intentional. Anyway. I'm sure it's. Are you sure? I'm sure it seeps in. Uh, so Tesla has a, has has a, you know, much attention has been paid 
to Tesla's build quality in the past. Mm. People will go around and inspect and then rank it. And I'm trying to think of the guy on YouTube that in, like he'll get a new Tesla and completely tear it down and inspect every aspect of it. But there's been a history of things like panel gaps. Uh, Monroe, that's who I was thinking of. Yep, Sandy Monroe. It's a it's a it's a hell of a, a, a that's a good to know tear down an inspection. I love these kinds of videos. Oh, do you know this guy? Oh, you don't know this guy? No, but I've seen Bronco teardowns. Oh, okay. Well, I, I, he probably does other. He's he's was in the automotive industry forever. I even think him and Elon have gone. Yeah, they're a one on one interview with Elon, and they've gone back and forth on social media. He visited him in Texas. He's got a lot of experience. Okay. Yeah, this is a cool channel. I'll yeah. check it out. So so shout out to Sandy Monroe. But anyways, um, this is different. In this case, this this individual, Jamie, Jamie's Garage, is comparing a McLaren 720S to a Tesla and saying the build quality is even worse. How much are these? Is 400K? Yeah, that's right. 400K. Uh, many people, but here's the thing. There's a, and this is not an excuse, but it's totally different business models. Like there's not that many of these things that are made and it's a little bit more bespoke. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, I'm sure I would be upset too if I spent the, anyway, you can go watch the video and see, and you tell, you tell me what you think. If, if you're Bronco. Have you ever checked out the build quality of a McLaren? Check this out. This is a 2022 McLaren 720S with only 43 miles. And I pulled the engine cover off and look at this. This bolt was just sitting here. So I'm gonna put that little guy back in and check the other side. Oh, look at that, it's loose. I know what you're thinking, a couple loose bolts, no big deal, right? Well, let's check over the rest of the car. The washers under these bolts are rusted. Like literally the car got PDI'd at the dealership on a transporter truck and brought right over here. Only has 43 miles. We got a little bit of panel gap here. Yeah, no big deal, but this is the worst part. Check this out. When the door is opened, only on the passenger side, it is literally touching the body, guys. Check Yeesh. this out. It is touching the body. The other side has got like a one inch gap or something like that, but the passenger side, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Now the driver's side door doesn't have that gap, but when you close the door, watch this. It grabs the seal, it like pulls it back. Do you see that? It pulls that seal back. So I think it's an insight. I think it's an interesting insight because I, uh, I'm sure that people assume that the more money you spend for something, the better it gets. Mm. I'll tell you something. My experience in life is that that's definitely not always the case. Mm. And that often it's the items that are more consumed that get better because there's more competition in those spaces and because the volume leads to discoveries and... Uh, processes to fix those problems as opposed to more bespoke things where there's not as many of them out there and therefore when you create a new one and something goes wrong with it it be, it's harder and takes longer to discover those issues and to fix them it's a numbers game and i'm sure that there's a, a number of other factors that go into it but it's like uh, let's say you order the simplest car ever 
that's been being made the same way for a really long time and they figured everything out and it doesn't have too many features and it doesn't have too many options. There's fewer things that can go wrong with it. Mm. If you buy a McLaren 720S and you've got these uh, doors that go up and by the way, that, I'm not saying that that in and of itself should be the case. I'm sure there's plenty of them that are fine and I'm sure there's other Lamborghinis and such where this has been sorted out, but it's just you're making a different request and you're a yeah. uh, more uh, unusual buyer at that point. You're, 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 you're not benefiting as much from economies of scale as you would be when you're, when you're buying sort of more uh, mainstream type of items. And like I said, I've had this experience myself. So... I would still be pissed, and I'm sure the guy's got to get, he's got to get it fixed. Like, you got to get, it's certainly with the door. The door is hitting the paint job on the hood. Mm -hmm. and how many times are you going to have to open and close it before you've, you're cracking the paint and everything else on there? But I, I, I like the insight because I think a lot of people have a misconception about what it means when you're spending this kind of money on a, on a vehicle. Yeah, I, I agree. But let's say if you had the Bronco and that was happening, what are you going to do? Um, take it to the dealership. You're going back. Right away. Going back. Hey, and, man, uh, I, got, I got loose screws going on. Yeah. I got loose screws, man. My door is completely scratching the paint there. Yeah. But, but it is also important to know that's one guy's experience. I always like to throw mm -hmm. that in there with these people. Anytime somebody's complaining about something, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's all. they're all like that. And making anything is hard. So Making anything is hard. I see somebody's comment saying you can expect perfection at 400K. Not, my, <laughs> no, I, not, not, not for Lou. Not necessarily. Yeah. Not, you'd be surprised, man. Amazon is temporarily re relocating employees from its downtown Seattle office following a rise in violent crime. At the at the office near the office downtown Seattle, in the office. No, no, not in the office. No, no I think it's outside the office. I don't know where, how far they're going to relocate them. This happened on Friday. Is it really that bad? There? The decision comes amid an increase in violent crime in the area. An Amazon spokesperson told Insider they plan to bring workers back when it is safe to do so. Good lord. What are they getting robbed? Amazon is temporarily relocating. Amazon spokesperson told the insider via email, given recent incidents near Third and Pine, we're providing employees currently at that location with an alternative office space elsewhere. The building is not closed, however, so I guess the employees can choose mm -hmm. if they still want to brave it. The spokesperson added, we are hopeful that conditions will improve and that we will be able to bring employees back to this location when it's safe to do so. I don't know who's going to still go when you're offered to go somewhere safer. Mm. <laughs> it's like, nope, I'm going. The office at, is at 300 Pine Street, half mile from its main headquarters on 7th Avenue. I'm sure in the next paragraph it's going to tell us what happened. Uh, reported by Como News, shootings, stabbings, and other crimes are increasing in the area. Michael Del Bianco, a 15-year-old boy, was shot and killed at, the, at their intersection. March 2nd, 1,800 Amazon employees are assigned to the office, according to the spokesperson, um, many of them working remotely as well. 
There have been at least three shootings, two stabbings, and one carjacking since February 21st. Yeah, I guess you're going to probably not want to be at that intersection. Hmm. Most likely. Mayor Harrell will continue to develop, to develop a comprehensive approach to public safety in collaboration with police and safety advocates, community members, and so on. Uh, I mean that I've heard of I've heard of uh, Seattle becoming a little bit more um, violent. I've heard of such things. However, uh, uh, this puts a little bit more specificity to it, like right on a particular intersection where they where they happen to have. Uh, their offices. This looks. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> you know, you're scrolling That's what around. They all say. <laughs> no, I'm just like you know. Do me a favor. I feel like I found. Maybe it was Twitter. Oh, wait a sec. Maybe it was Twitter or maybe it was YouTube. But somebody was walking, and it might have been this street. Um, a person has a YouTube channel. Just type. Uh, uh, go to YouTube and type Seattle, um, like homelessness or something. Let's see if hmm, that's a month ago. Can the can the, can the city of Seattle link homelessness with crime, housing the homeless? I don't know. I I feel like I, I recall somebody walking in a region almost kind of like that in Seattle. It's going to be hard, I think, to find the exact thing. You type Pine Street. Is it Pine Street? No, it is Pine Street. I don't know how specific the clip I was watching was, but apparently... Oh, I was hoping a keyword. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, but they got to obviously figure things out. That was the clip right there. Downtown Seattle, Seattle. That looks a lot like Pine, doesn't it? That was two years ago, though. Anyway... Nonetheless, Amazon is uh, looking to do something different. So this is the problem. This is this is how it goes, though. This is why why this is important is because what do you think happens to that neighborhood if the shootings and stabbings continue, mm. and then Amazon leaves and they have eighteen hundred employees, right? Mm -hmm. What happens to the diner that's across the street that they used to go to for coffee? It's prob mm -hmm. probably a Starbucks and not a diner. But but what happens, like, it's this domino effect. Everybody yes. leaves. Everybody leaves. And then the area gets way worse. And and small business goes away. And it's just like this, these other effects that aren't immediately obvious. So you got to figure out a way to, to uh, sort, sort those things out, right? If you've got a problem. Certainly stabbings and shootings are a problem. You, Try to find a way to minimize that, however possible. Mm -hmm. There's other, other uh, plenty of other effects that come from that. It's bad news. Yeah. Uh, Pete Davidson scores a free seat on Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin flight. Speaking of Amazon, did he ask for that? Um, they don't really say in this article. A crew of six, including Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live, will attempt to venture past. The Karaman Line on March 23rd aboard a Blue Origin rocket. The comedian and actor will travel to space with Marty Allen, Sharon and Mark Hagel, Jim Kitchen, and George Neeld. 
designated NS-20, the Blue Origin mission, will be the fourth human flight for the Jeff Bezos-led company. The crew is set to launch from Launch Site 1 in West Texas, March 23rd. That's very soon. That yes. is very soon. Um, I guess William Shatner all did that as well. Blue Origin sent him there to space on October 13th, and Bezos made his trek July 20th. Davidson is an honorary guest. Hmm. Everyone else is a paying customer. So I'm guessing Bezos asked them. They must be pals. As a guest. They must be pals. <laughs> you look One at that. does not belong. <laughs> you look at that group going up, and you're right. These, uh, it's not. Spot the difference. It doesn't, It you know. But, hey, good for him, whatever. It's a $450,000 ticket. Yes. That's a hefty ticket. And I'm kind of blown away on how much he's achieved. <laughs> go ahead. Just overall. Go I, ahead, I don't, Will. I don't go, know. You don't, you don't want to go into specifics. Go ahead, Will. What has he achieved? Yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, but it's like, are. it's just so, um, I don't know, props to him. No, He I, seems to be doing something right. No, absolutely. Absolutely props to him. No, I agree with that. And what, especially what he's going through right now, just go to space for a bit. Yeah. Quick, quick uh, trip to space. Uh, but I, I presume there's some upside for Bezos as well, which is if you send somebody like him up there, uh, he's going to talk about it, uh, mm. put it on social media. You're, you're promoting your thing. Um, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. It's, I don't, it's not. You know, there's some benefit for Bezos as well. Mm -hmm. There's benefit for Davidson. He gets to do the trip. There's some benefit for, for both of them. That's how these deals work. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't uh, die yeah. first. Okay, so this one... I saw this right before I went to bed. Very bad time to read this type of thing. Because oh, it's just is... so negative. So negative and uh, sad. Is That's it. That's it. I'm done. There's no other analysis. Then it's sad. And actually... For Kanye. No, everybody, for everybody involved. For everybody involved. Uh, the public nature of it. Like, I, I, we just don't think about it, right? Kanye uh, has uh, talked about how, how um, important his children are to him. And I know that he feels... He's made it clear that he feels cornered and doesn't know what to do and all this. But when you post things publicly, when you go to social media as a means to reach the people you care about, you're involving them in a weird in a way that I'm talking about your loved ones, particularly your young loved ones, your children. You're involving them in a way where they're getting an, a, a type of attention and an amount of attention that emotionally they're probably not ready for. Mm. Like if he's going to go and, and uh, he had his own comments about his daughter being on TikTok. Mm -hmm. But if you go to Instagram to ask for advice about what to do with your daughter, you're also putting her on blast there too. It's like there's certain... I understand you live a public life and I, un I understand that you're like ultra famous, but if at all possible, and I, 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 maybe it's not possible, but if at all possible, there's like 
some advantage to privacy in certain subjects. And just civility, you know? But once it's public, I don't even know that there's a way to do it in a civil manner. Because Kim, because uh, you might say something in a civil fashion, but then all the comments and everything else, if you're a kid and you get a hold of a phone and you're going to want to see what your dad is saying about you. Yeah. <laughs> no one's thinking about it through that context. Everybody's mm -hmm. caught up in Pete and Kim and, and Kanye and whatever. But like a lot of this is about divorce. And a lot of this is about families and custody, courts, and it's just sad. It's nasty stuff. It's just sad, and and uh, it's too bad that it can't be that all parties can't be more can't have some degree of privacy about. Now I know in this uh, exchange that they had, I know that. Pete wanted to meet up with Kanye privately, he had stated. Mm -hmm. But he also kind of insulted him first, which then was like, I don't, it's probably not going to work out if that's actually what you want to have happen. But mm. also my understanding is that he was um, pretty chill about it for a while. Like he was pretty um, non-confrontational for a while. And then he just lost it and human beings are emotional. And I understand that. But I think that the sooner that people look at through the lens of the of the children, then maybe you can approach it in a different manner. But it starts with him though, with Kanye. Like, because once you're once you're out in public and you're blasting everybody involved, I think it's hard for people to put their emotions away and then um, come to the come like work with you on it. Another thing that got that I, I didn't see talked about much is if you go up to the original photo of Pete and his. By the way, they went back and forth, and at one point they're insulting each other, and then at the next point they're like, "Hey, we should meet up." And and these are leaked text messages between them. But the one thing that got missed here in this photo, which I'm not a huge fan of, because the context of posing is just to inflame somebody, just to make somebody angry. But uh, if you look at his uh, left shoulder, where it's it, you can see the word Kim. See that? The tattoo? K-I-M. Here? No, left. Uh, sorry, his right shoulder, our left-hand side. It looks the like red. he... Uh, no, it's in oh, the here. darker black. It's re more recent. Oh. Does it look like the word Kim? Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. So there was also the rumor that he got that tattoo as well. So anyway, look, people do... Emotions are wild and people do wild things when they're in, and say wild things when they're in emotional states and you hope that cooler heads prevail and that the adults in the situation uh, recognize the residual and the collateral damage that happens and, and the potential for trauma that happens when these things happen publicly instead of privately and when the whole world gets to weigh in on it that's weight that's weight and the uh, kids around that age i have kids around that age and they're inquisitive and they'll go and read the leaked things and you'll try, you, you know, I'm sure they'll try to have that not be the case, but it's about them. They're going to be curious and they're going to do their best to find out what's going on and they're going to read just random people's opinions on the matter. They might even click on this video. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's just sad and, uh, and ho hopefully people can get together in a private manner sort out their uh, differences and uh, 
proceed in a more productive way. Hopefully. 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 Yeah. Uh, why do flocks of birds swoop and swirl together in the sky? A biologist explains the science of murmurations. I love this uh, effect. Yeah. I've, uh, I'm mesmerized when I see these things take place where these uh, birds seemingly have some sort of telepathic capability. It's like a swarm of birds. Do you... But they don't bump into each other. No. You know, in they, the sky. They, they are like aware of some kind of movement of some kind of uh, environmental characteristics that cause them to move in a certain way. And I guess that's exactly what we're going to discover here, or at least a scientist is going to aim to mm -hmm. explain it to us. Can you guess first? It, oh, is there like why? one specific... It's one specific reason. Why they do this. Why they gather, yeah. Uh, is it some sort of uh, defense thing? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that wasn't... Um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't super confident in that. Uh, a shape-shifting flock of thousands of starlings called a murmuration is amazing to see as many as 750,000 birds. That's insane. Join together in flight. The birds spread out and come together. The flock splits apart and fuses together again. Murmurations constantly change direction, flying up a few hundred meters and zooming down to almost crash to the ground, like swirling blobs making teardrops. Uh, there are many birds that form, form these, uh, these uh, groups called flocks. It's called, uh, this special kind of flock is named for the sound of a low murmur it makes from thousands of wing beats and soft flight calls. So you can get these before sunset in fall, winter, and early spring when the birds are near where they'll sleep. After maybe 45 minutes of this spectacular aerial display, the birds all at once drop down into their roost Scientists think it's a visual invitation to attract other starlings to join a group at a night roost. One theory is that spending the night together keeps them warmer as they share their body heat. It might also reduce the chance an individual bird would be eaten overnight by a predator such as an owl. Uh, I, I've, okay, so I've obviously seen this with small birds like starlings. I had an experience where I saw a much smaller version of this with bigger birds. I don't know if they were crows, uh, but they were flipping out. It was like a storm or something, and hmm. it was in my neighborhood, and they were going nuts. Making, How many? Making noise. Thousands? No, 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 not thousands. It was probably like maybe a hundred. Okay. And they couldn't agree on where to sleep. They were, would all go down around a group of trees and then get up and fly and, and, and make a bunch more noise and then pick a different spot and then get up and fly and pick a different spot. Like they were negotiating. Yeah. No, here. No, I want to stay here. And I guess they, it, it might must have been a similar thing where they sensed some sort of incoming threat and, and they became really concerned about where they were going to stay that night. Well, it says that they can uh, do this for up to 45 minutes mm -hmm. to kind of figure that, out a place to rest. That's exactly what I what I spotted. I just I had seen it with the small birds before, but I never saw it with the larger ones because mm. I would assume as well the larger ones are less.
prone to uh, risk factors from the same predators and things like this. But very interesting stuff. Love this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love this stuff. So interesting. Kawasaki's rideable robotic goat is the electric car for wandering cowpokes. My (laughs) goodness. That looks fun. Gracious. Well, why not? Because you got the spot, which can, can walk around and do certain activities, but you can't ride it. You can ride this one. Yeah. And in fact, um, it actually um, kind of waddles around. <laughs> its steps are a little small, no? Yeah, it's not a striding animal. <laughs> I wonder if it has different varieties. There's modes. There's modes. So it has a longer stride as well? No. Okay. So it can actually use the vehicle, uh, uh, the wheels that's on the, oh. the hinge um, of their leg. Oh. And it parks down for the rider to actually get up. So it lowers down. Cool. And the wheels adjust the height. And it can move around as well. That's amazing. <laughs> it's uh And there's music to go with it, but it's just really ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. Is this so? This is some sort of a trade show. Yes. I don't know what trade some show. Sort of electronics. Convention. Yeah, electronics convention. Presumably in Japan. I'm guessing. Yes. And it kind of drives around like a car when it's not in its trotting mode. That's like slightly less impressive. I mean, I don't mind that it can do it. Certainly to get the rider on, but I think the the trotting is more impressive. Mm-hmm. Seems like a harder calculation, but it also at the same time doesn't seem quite as fluid or nimble as Spot is. I don't know if it's lacking as many joints, mm-hmm. but who cares? Just uh, who doesn't want to ride a robotic? What is it? In? Is it supposed to be a goat or like an antelope? Look at the shape of it. Yeah, I thought it was like a deer. A deer, <laughs> but it has horns. And it's not a horse. It's like an antelope. Yes. Which is interesting because that's not really what you'd write. And the horns get in the way of what you can see, uh-huh. like your sight lines. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that matters or not. I don't know what the, I don't know if, uh, if this is like a proof of concept or if this is in, uh, 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 an actual, are we close to a mode of transportation here? I mean, it's way too slow. Wait, it's too slow. Well, yeah. I wonder if there's like a faster speed. Can you imagine we go back to like yeah. robotic horseback mm. on the roads? Imagine galloping down there on your way to work. <laughs> Wait, go back to robotic horseback? Well, I mean horseback, <laughs> but the robotic version. Oh, right. Uh, like in the future when it's robotic. Maybe in some weird steampunk world. In a weird steampunk world with like close proximity to one another, mm. if you bump into each other with this, it's not a big deal. But I guess it has to be at some at some point. It just has to move faster. Yeah, uh, we're getting nowhere. I mean, she walks faster than this. I appreciate the effort. It looks like something. It's also got those massive side-mounted counterweights, <laughs> yeah. which are going to be tough to maneuver. 
I'm and, guessing there's like a immediate stop button. That's and a stop she, button. The thing is, she's bouncing quite a bit too. Like I'm getting an upset stomach looking at like what? What, yeah, okay. what if I didn't? What if I had a big breakfast and now I'm getting jumbled about over there? Jostled around. I'm getting jostled. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's cool there anyway. It yeah, it no, I'm down for it. If you if 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 I had one in here, I'd ride it just for the novelty. Yeah, you know, people, people be like, "Lou, come down here." I'd be like, "On my way." <laughs> <laughs> They're like, are you coming today or what? Yeah. Like, did it, did it, did it. shoot a video. The amount of details in this game still amaze me. What is that? What's that game? Um, Red Dead? Red Dead yeah. 2. Okay. Um, so I, I, I saw this Reddit post, um, and it's just a brief glimpse of the gameplay. And what you see here is this guy's on the river, and... It appears to be an eagle just plucks a fish out of the river. Hmm. And he uses his binoculars to to see it. Um, it's a really simple GIF, but I decided to look into it because I know Red Dead has a lot of interesting details okay. like this. Sure. Um, so I found this video that has a lot of, like it's a compilation of wildlife in the world that actually interacts with the world mm. i find it fascinating this stuff is really interesting because you don't like the reason why these worlds are so static is because there's no other interactions around the world in in the world that you're in so for example you have eagles that fight snakes mm -hmm. or you have cats that scratch the you know a post like in in a farm there's stuff that's happening and that's kind of like the realm of like you know real life things are happening um and stuff like this is just kind of cool because you know even if it's a single player game um you may or may not witness stuff like this there's a fox jumping into a snow pile and making and digging itself a hole or something. Yeah, it could be. Look, it's looking probably for a mouse or something. Yeah. Fox go hunting in this. My dog does that sometimes too. Dive the nose into the snow. Mm -hmm. Did he get a mouse? Yeah. It uh, this type of thing, it might go overlooked by certain users, certain players. Mm -hmm. But to those that are are paying attention, it can add a lot of um you know realism it can it can it can add a lot of texture at which point they can the immersion goes way up because yes. there's these like seemingly random things happening that are on the side and you happen they're, to catch it yeah they're not sometimes. the focal point it's kind of in the peripheral but yet there's a bird taking a bath because if you think about real life, there's always stuff going on in the peripheral, particularly in nature. Uh -huh. There's always something. Some leaves are moving, some wind. Uh, yeah, some wildlife. Yeah, if you were to ask me to, if this game, like all the wildlife in this game, I probably wouldn't assume that it would be to this extent. Bears scratching their backs. Somebody has to go in and program it. Of course, if I played these games, I would notice the all these behaviors on loop. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to help yes. noticing it because you only have so many animations and 
but it's kind of like the matrix in a way where the when the eagle was catching the fish it's like a program like interacting with another program Correct. that's been coded absolutely you know each one um it's really interesting and i realized that um even the uh the physics of how things die they actually um decompose on the ground mm. like if a you shoot a bear it kind of like over time you come back it it's decomposed like there's bones and there's levels to is it. Is that is does that take an uh, accurate or realistic amount of time? Because I, I don't like, think so. No, oh, I don't that know. would be really slow. Yeah, you'd have to come back a while. Later. A couple day and night cycles, mm. maybe. But uh, really fascinating. Somebody just stuff. somebody just made an interesting comment. We don't want smog infected real world. Imagine elements like that, like pollution over mm. time in an environment. Whoa, yeah. are the pigs eating the dead animal? Wow. Pigs will eat anything that one's called. Yeah. So somebody has to go, somebody has to go and see all the scenarios and record this. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is just animals. There's yeah. like crazy amount of detail with what Rockstar did yeah, with this cool. game. Yeah. Good stuff. But uh yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Is that the last story of the it's day? It's the last story. Oh, yeah. a nice. Uh, it's a nice little positive there one. You, there you go. The Wildlife of Red Dead Redemption 2, which is more comprehensive than you might imagine. Yeah. Uh, although I'm sure many of you have played the game and probably well aware mm -hmm. of the uh, immersion that can take place yeah. in video games. And it's only and it's only going to keep going. It's going to keep going well. Yes, sir. Immersion. Mm -hmm. Deeper Fe and deeper. Feel free to get immersed. Okay. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who joined today. Really do appreciate it. It's Monday, like I said. Uh, we got a great week ahead. It's uh, whatever you're doing. Make the best of it. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.